Good morning, guys. How are you doing? My name is Chad. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, today I'm going to be um, finishing our series. <clears throat> Sorry, I was singing really loud and like blew out my voice. <clears throat> Thanks, Jake. Um, uh, but today we're going to be finishing our series on faith, hope, and love. Um, next week, Pastor Mark will be back, uh, which will be really exciting. And uh, so the first week, yeah. The first week, uh, my dad, uh, Pastor Don, shared about faith from Hebrews 11 and talking about where does our faith uh, come from and the, the idea that our faith can secure uh, what God has for us by putting our faith, our belief, our trust in who Jesus was. And so that was week number one. Week number two, Pastor Ralph um, talked to us about hope, um, a little bit about his dog, uh, but more about Joseph um, and the story of Joseph in the Old Testament where Joseph's hope was not in his current circumstances when he was being abandoned uh, or betrayed by his brothers, uh, when he was being cast into a pit, sold into slavery, falsely accused, thrown into prison, losing jobs, uh, getting jobs. Uh, his hope was not in the things of this world, but his hope was in Jesus, not Jesus Christ. His hope was in God. He didn't know about Jesus. His hope was in God, that God had a plan for his life. And for me, that's a powerful picture that as, as a believer, I have hope because I know my eternity has been secured. No matter what happens to me on this earth, no matter what people do to me, no matter what, what happens, no matter what happens in my life, my eternity is secured. I know the end of the story. The end of the story is I'm sitting in heaven with God and I can have hope, real hope, not hope, oh, I hope this happens, I hope I get this for Christmas. I can have real hope because I know I have a confident security in what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. And so that's what we learned about last week. And today, we're going to be getting into love, which is a tricky, a tricky subject for us. Because when we hear the word love, we have all sorts of uh, lenses and cultural contexts that we start to filter that, that idea of love through. We start to think about love um, when, uh, you know, friends um, betray us. Or we think about uh, loving our neighbor who is really hard to love. They're, they're an angry person. And they, they put up a big fence. Hard to love. We think about love even in our marriages. The vow that we made to our spouse that maybe later they betrayed. Ended in divorce. You start to filter what you un our understanding of love through these broken lenses and it's human nature. You hear something, you start to kind of try to understand the concept, and, 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 and you start to put it through lenses of, what do I know of love? Well, I know I don't love someone that's hard to love, so why would I be loved if I'm hard to love? My love is limited. This week, my wife was away at a conference, and I was uh, by myself with my two girls, and there was one night in particular that, like, I just snapped, my love was limited. I had to go back and apologize to my girls because I knew it wasn't right. So you start to filter, do people deserve love? Do, what's the limit of love? Um, have they earned my love and respect? Um, does my spouse love me? You know, we start to filter the concept of love through these lenses that we have. But the, the fact is this, our lenses are broken. We need to stop for this morning. I want you to think about love and try to get a whole new picture of what love is. 
So all, the, all those things, I, like I say love, and you have these broken pictures. I might even say the love of the Father. And you might start to put that through the lens of the love of your father, your, heaven, your earthly father, and you think, you know, my dad was abusive or uh, not there, not present. He was an alcoholic or a workaholic. Or, you know, you, or maybe your dad was a great dad. But when I say the love of the father, I'm talking about the love of God. And so don't put that through the lens of the love that you've experienced here. There's, some, there's a different kind of love. And so this morning, I want to kind of redefine what is love? When we look in Scripture a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, <clears throat> we did a series, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we talked about how God is love. At the very core of who God is, not God has love, God is love. Like the core of his character is love. From the very beginning when he created the heavens and the earth, when he created us, he poured himself into us. God is love. And all of scripture is his love story for us. So everything you read in scripture, you can filter it through this. Everything that God does, every way he leads his people, even in the, the times when it seems like, wow, that's really harsh, God is love at the core of his being. And we live in a time of great privilege because we have seen and heard of the great extent of his love. This is how much God loves us, that he didn't hold back his own son. That statement the more I study, the more I read, the more I worship, the more I pray. The statement that God gave his son for us has a lot of weight to it. From the beginning, before the existence of time, God existed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God loved us so much that he gave up his son. I am limited. The son, Jesus, is fully God, is unlimited. Without fault. I'm dirty. He was clean. I was created. He has always existed. His life is so much more valuable than my life. His life is so much more valuable than your life. God gave up his son for you. That redefines love. That's a love that holds nothing back. God held nothing back for you. God is love and you are loved by God. You are loved by God. So when you think about your life, it's not a sum of the decisions that you've made. It's not the, uh, you know, from all the hard work you've put in. It's not your family. When you look at your life, it's defined. It should be defined by this, that you are loved by God with a love that never ends, never gives up, is always there, is willing to give up everything for you. What is your value? What would someone be willing to pay for you? Well, the God of the universe was willing to pay his own son for you. 
That is value. That is redemption. You are loved by God. So loved by God that he would give up his son for you. That when we look to the cross and we think about the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us, that is this this deep picture of love that I do bad things all the time. But he never did one wrong thing. And yet he was beaten and spit on, mocked, crucified on a cross so that I could live. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. Yet I was loved that much. Guys, you are loved by God. And he made a way for you to be back with him by spilling the blood of the innocent lamb, Jesus Christ, for you. If that doesn't redefine your identity, I don't know what does. It doesn't matter if you're lost in addiction. It doesn't matter if you're a a bad person. God loves you. He made a way for you. And what is our response? I feel like that, that great of a love giving up his son for us. There needs to be some kind of response. There's a reason that when we're worshiping, I blow out my voice because I cannot hold back. The more I understand the love of God through Jesus Christ, the more I just overflow, it, it just overflows out of me. I can't help but sing of his glory. And not just here, but I, I, have, to, I have to share with people. There are people all around me, everywhere I go, that feel unloved, that are hiding in the darkness, that need to know the love of God. And guess what? I am so loved that it starts to flow out of me. I can't hold back. My life can be a reflection of the love that I have received. Not a love that I've been shown through the world, through friends and family. No, my life can become a reflection of the great love of God. The great love of God to the world around me. Not only has he redeemed me, but now I get to be a beacon of hope to the world around me. This defines who I am. God is love. He loved me. He loves you. And our response can be an outflow of love to those around us. And he showed us the way. See, when I think I mentioned my neighbor, and Jim, if you're listening, I love you. But my relationship with my neighbor hasn't always been good. There have been times I'm like, how do I love my neighbor? How do I, how do I show him the love of God? And it's not always easy, but this is, this is how God, God showed us a path. He, showed, he gave us a map to say, this is how you love. Hold nothing back. Do whatever it takes so that people can know Jesus. Hold nothing back. It doesn't matter if someone's hard to love. It doesn't matter if they're undeserving of love. It doesn't matter if they're unlovable. God loved them so much, he didn't hold anything back. That love is now in us, so we should hold nothing back. If you have a friend at school, that's far from God, and you know how much God loves you, 
you need to share that with that friend. If you're at work and you have a coworker who you know is the scapegoat for every mistake that happens, God paid a price for them. They were worth the sacrifice of Jesus. They're worth sharing that with, the love of God. You can share that with people. Our lives can be worship. It doesn't mean they have to go around and some people are really gifted at just blurting out, like Jesus died for you, he loves you, and they're really gifted at that. Others of us, we, for me, myself, I have to pray, God, show me how to do this. My, my, my love seems so limited. Show me how to love. How do I love the way you loved me, the way you held nothing back? You saw your son dying on a cross for me. How can I have that kind of love for someone? What am I willing to give up so that someone can know that they are loved by God? The love of God is the foundation on which we can build our lives. There's nothing that, can, that is as secure as God's love. Security is not found in finances. Security is not found in relationships. Security is found in nothing else but the love of God through Jesus Christ. The foundation on which our lives can be built. See, if our lives are built on anything else, they're limited. They're susceptible to an earthquake. They're susceptible to when life gets tough and we lose that job or uh, we're betrayed by a friend or a spouse. If our foundation is built on that type of love, it is susceptible to falling apart. But if our lives are built on the love of God through Jesus Christ, our foundation is secure. It cannot be shaken. I want to read from um, 1 John 4, starting in verse 7. First John 4, starting in verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. We can be a reflection of his love. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, 
We have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. And we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect so that we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we lived like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. What I love about this scripture is when it illustrates this is perfect love of God, that he is love, that he loved us and sent his son Jesus to be our savior. And now our lives, for those of us that have Jesus Christ, our lives can become a reflection of his love. But I gotta tell you on a regular basis, If my life is the reflection of God's love, we are in trouble. (laughs) We are. But here's the hope that I get. It says the, the more we walk this road, the more our love grows to perfection. See, love grows. That gives me hope. That means it's not a have or have not. It's not a either you have it, love, or you don't have love. No. Our love can grow. The more we spend time with God, the more time we we spend experiencing God's love, our love grows more perfect and becomes a more accurate reflection of God's great love for us. So you might say, I struggle with love. That's okay. Because God has showed you how to love. And the more you experience his love and the more you understand his love, the more perfectly you'll be able to love your spouse your friends, your coworkers, your family. The more you spend with God, the closer you are, the, cl- the clearer your reflection will be. And I need that because, like I said, if, if my neighbor's idea of love is me, it's not that great. But I, I hope and I pray that God will make it more clear and more clear. Every time I have to go back to my daughter and apologize, he makes it more clear. This is what I want to leave you with. This is the foundation, and this is the starting point, that God is love. God is love. It's the core of his character, and his love is for you. His great love through Jesus Christ is for you. He looks you in the eyes and says, I love you, and I held nothing back for you. Come with me. His love is for you. And once you've experienced his love, your life can become a reflection of his love to the world. And the more you spend with him, the clearer that reflection can become. And the clearer the world will see God's love. Because here's the truth. As a church, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, they will know you are my disciples by your bumper sticker on your car. 
They'll know you're my followers because you show up on a Sunday morning. He says, they will know you are my, you are my disciples by your love. See, the badge of a Christian, the honor of the church is love. Not judgment, not elitism, but the church are bearers of God's love to the world. That's who we're called to be. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your great love for us. Thank you that your love has become the foundation of my life. And for many of us here, your love has become the foundation of our lives because there is no greater place to start than your love. Lord, help us to build on that foundation, to become ambassadors of love to the world. Help us to embrace, to understand, to learn, and to grow in, under, in your love so that we can more accurately reflect that to the world around us. And Lord, for those who feel unlovable, for those who feel dirty, lost in the dark, wandering a desert, that are hiding because of an addiction, I pray that your love will restore identity. That identity will not be the sum of bad decisions, but their identity will be the sum of your love. That they'll understand their identity, their value, their worth is on the price that was paid for them through Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For next week's podcast and more information about Grace and our upcoming services and events, visit our website, www.gracehudson.org. Thanks for listening.